Welcome to Puzzling Company, your home for at-home puzzles and mysteries. Here are your hosts, Jared and Zach. Well, welcome back to another episode of Puzzling Company. It is your host, Zach, and always with me is... It's Discord Jared. Ah, Discord Jared, hello. Hello, hello. Uh, Jared... We're glad you're here. Um, just to explain to everyone here um, that's going to be listening to this episode, this episode will be a little bit special um, compared to others. Jared is currently at his house, and we'll be recording from there. So he might sound a little different. If you hear any of that difference, don't worry. We're still totally fine. Um, but we both are very excited to talk about the game that we have for this week, which is Space Corp by Trapology Boston. Uh, very fun game. We're very excited to deep dive into it here in the first section. Stick around. Jared, 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 Jared. I found this really cool box outside. Can we please, 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 can we open it? Are you out of your mind? Look what it says on the box. It literally reads root of all evil. There's no way we're opening this box. Oh, come on, Jared. What's the worst that can happen? What's the worst? That... Have you ever seen a horror movie? Listen, you don't split up your team. The basement is not a good hiding place. You don't give cute little creatures water. And above all, you don't open the mysterious and creepy box with the word evil on it. Please, Jared. No. But if you're listening and you have more guts than me, you should actually head over to crackinutmysteries.com and pick up a copy of Root of All Evil. Um, Jared, I think I need to tell you something. Wow, that was really a good ad. You know, every time I hear our ads, I just go, man, I don't think we can get better. You know, I mean, we can, but it's always glad hearing myself. Uh, I know Jared agrees with me. Um, I see him laughing. It's quite great. Uh, but yes, welcome back. We're in our first section. Um, if you've been with us before, uh, this is a very normal section. In this part, we talk about the things that we liked about the game, and we kind of talk about some room for improvements as well. This is not a section to dog on games or to be like crazy ridicule against them. It, it's kind of just a section to talk about why we enjoy the games we play and, you know, to make some criticisms because at the end of the day, nothing's perfect. We want the games to be just as great as everyone else does. So this is just kind of a perfect spot to talk about those things. So to talk about it again, we will be discussing a game called Space Corp. Jared, would you like to tell them a little bit about Space Corp? Yeah, this this comes to us from a Trapology, a company based out of Boston, and they do escape rooms. They're an escape room company first. And like a lot of other companies that we've had on the show, needed a pivot, needed a way to reach their audience during difficult times. So they made a great pivot and they decided to come out with a game that was like what we cover, tabletop subscription-based game that comes to you in a box that they'll mail to you. You can pick up at their store if you would like, if you're listening to us in the Boston locale. But what is uh, really funny to me about this game is they made the uh, assertion, if you look at their website, that this is not just your ordinary box game. It's not any of those standard murder mystery games. This is something a little bit special and unique, uh, which is something funny to me because everybody makes those claims on their website. But 
as we're going to find out here pretty quickly, I think they held up to their end of that claim. Agreed. Well, we're going to jump right into the things we enjoyed about this game. So I'll start it off. This was actually a very enjoyable story. There was a lot of really fun elements to it. To kind of go into it without spoiling too much, uh, you are currently on a ship in the middle of space uh, that is currently going nowhere. Uh, you've kind of heard of a person named Charlie, uh, who is the only person left on the ship asking for help. Uh, so you are working with them to try to solve and fix things on the ship and to get you guys back home. But you'll very quickly learn that there's a lot more than meets the eye when it comes to this ship, as well as who's on it. It was truly a blast to kind of get through this story. There was a lot of really fun elements from really good comedic humor to the different types of characters and their progression through the kind of through the game. Uh, you get to meet multiple different characters. Some are different people who work on the ship. Some are like the captains, so on and so forth. It, it truly was just a blast to kind of get to go through the narrative, as well as it came through the puzzles in the game, which I always really enjoy when puzzles and narrative can play well with each other, as well as just the narrative that you get through like the online elements and so on and so forth was really great. Jared, what did you think about it? Yeah, I agree with you. The story is fantastic and i think we have to give a shout out to the memes on how they told the story which is primarily happening digitally um, and this was a very concrete and intentional decision that they made to kind of mix up what they were seeing in a lot of the other boxes that they were playing leading up to their design of this game but you mentioned this zach and i want to hear your thoughts on this before we start talking about the second thing we really loved is this felt so much like box one and in the best way possible in terms of the digital storytelling element. Would you agree with me on that? Yeah, it definitely had a lot of things that were kind of like box one and in the good ways, the, the digital aspect really played into the game. It didn't feel like the, you know, sometimes when people have digital aspects of games, it kind of feels like it's just there to help, but it, they're kind of like disconnected almost. It's very clear that this digital aspect really fed into the narrative as well as the, the overall atmosphere and fun of the game, I, I guess is the best way to put it. But I, yeah, it was very well done. And that, and it worked with the theme, right? Like that's mm -hmm. what amplified the immersion of the story is they gave us a reason for it to be digital. Hey, we're on a space. I'm trying to reach out to you. Like they gave us exploration through the digital and website. Like all of this just helped build a really, really great story. And it wasn't even some super complex story, right? As I want to talk about here in the second thing that we liked, which is we loved the character development and the humor. All of these things were working in tandem, the digital, the funny characters that we met and the humor that was present in this. This game did not take itself seriously at all, similar to box one. And that led to a really disarming and honestly, probably one of the better stories that we've played through that comes compactly in an hour to 90 minute game. Man, I agree. It was very well done. I, it, it was a blast to tell you how much fun we had with the comedic style of the game or kind of how the story was presented was just, it, it was a lot of fun. I, I, we genuinely giggled a few times of how well they did different character developments in terms of like, you know, you have someone who kind of wants to be a space pirate, you know, and his jokes about his blog. You have uh, Charlie, who literally is a guy that you think is probably just the dumbest person ever who doesn't. But, he, you know, he's just stuck on a ship and trying to figure out how to get home. 
you have all the other captains and kind of their narrative as well as you kind of learn how other characters kind of play it and what they like and dislike. Even through a puzzle, you have to learn exactly what people like and dislike. It was fun. I genuinely enjoyed every part of it when it came to the narrative slash like character development. Yeah, and that kind of moves us into the third thing that we really loved, which was the solve mechanic. And this is going to kind of wrap up and tie a bow on what we've been talking about through our other likes is the solve mechanic is conversational. We were solving puzzles, we were getting answers, but the way that we were inputting those answers is through a online chat feature, through a conversation that we're having with the main character. And that drives immersion so well. You experience the same thing in other games that we liked, like Society of Curiosities. I love how this game operated, how it treated itself thematically, narratively, and the solve mechanic, in my opinion, was kind of the glue that held it all together. Yeah, I completely agree. So now we're going to kind of move on um, to our next part, um, which in this part, like I said, this is not a a time to dog on games. We very much love the games as well. Um, So please don't take anything we say too meanly. We're also opinionated. We aren't perfect. So if we say something, don't freak out. Don't hate us. We're just telling you how it is, how we felt. Um, But now we're going to be going into the room for improvement section. So the kind of the first thing we're going to talk about for this game was kind of the puzzle types. So Jared, can you kind of go into more detail what we mean by puzzle types? Absolutely. This game was really good on the puzzle front. Every puzzle made sense. There weren't any bad puzzles. But where we felt like there was a little bit of room for improvement was the puzzle types that were selected. And and what I mean by that, without giving away too much, is we felt like there was too much crossword puzzles, basic logic puzzles. The masking of puzzles and the selection of puzzle types didn't always necessarily build into this really immersive and thematic world that was happening around us. So when we ran into something that didn't felt like it fit, it really stuck out to us. And like I said, puzzles worked. And I understand also the logic behind some of their decisions and saying, hey, this is a puzzle type that is very well accessible. A lot of people will identify with it. It will get them going. And we found most of those puzzles early on. So I understand the puzzle ramping, giving people easier things first and then moving them forward. But I felt like there could have been a little bit more creativity in the puzzle type selection to really solidify the world that was being built around us. And if that had happened, man, this game would have just been honestly one of our favorites. Yeah, I completely agree. They were all really good puzzles. They just felt kind of out of theme at points. And that's hard to do because you want to, and I know when we talk to other creators, it's really difficult to create puzzles that are easy for people to access and then mask them really well in certain themes. It's just a difficult thing because you want the you want the puzzle to be something that you can if it's supposed to be kind of easier or for more people to get involved with, you have to present it pretty easily so they can just grasp it. But at the same time, you have to find a way to almost mask it so well that it doesn't feel out of place. And I think a lot of times it it might just feel out of place and just have to deal with it, which is totally fine. Um, like I said, we we enjoyed the puzzle. It just felt out of place, you know. Especially when you get like a a literal word search at some point, you're like. This is kind of like interesting or like a, a logic puzzle that it's like, OK, these people like these items. And you're like, OK, I don't know why I really need to. Know. I mean, there's a, they make it clear there is a narrative bit that explains why you're doing that puzzle. So it makes somewhat sense why you're trying to do a logic puzzle. 
but it, it still feels a little out of place compared to all. There's a lot of other clues that kind of fed into the the thematic style of the game more. Absolutely, and it was almost the case of where we wanted to see more of the type of puzzling that we experienced ladder in the latter half of the game at the beginning. Because at the end, you do you get to do some really on theme fun puzzles, and yeah. we love those. But again, scattered throughout are just these puzzle types that didn't necessarily fit. And again, I think if it, you could change that, you could very easily reduce some of that. And I think then this becomes one of the better games that we've played. This game really surprised us. We had not heard a whole lot of talk about it in the community. Um, Mike, the one of the one of the creators for this game, he reached out to us and said, hey, would you give this game a try? And we said, absolutely. So if you're out there and you're saying, what is Space Corp? you want to go pick up this game because honestly, we don't have a whole lot of other critiques to throw out other than that one. This game is that good. And in our opinion, it's worth picking up. It will put a smile on your face. It is super fun to engage with. And at the end of the day, it's it's like a lot of other formats where this is an hour to 90 minutes, but in our opinion, well worth picking up. Yeah, and that's honestly really our only room for improvement of the game. We genuinely enjoyed a lot of it. All the digital aspects were great. The game was good, narrative. So if you are very interested in trying Space Corp, you should try it. Well, that's going to wrap us up for this part of the show. We're going to be moving on to Puzzles to the People next. Solve puzzles, write reviews, win prizes. It's time for Puzzles to the People. (sighs) I'm over it. Over what? Christmas. People can't let this holiday go, man. I'm still receiving Christmas-themed mail. Look at this red envelope I got yesterday. Jared, you are so uncultured. Uncultured? Because I refuse to celebrate Christmas year-round? No, you're uncultured because one, that color is scarlet, not red. And two, because that envelope is jammed packed with puzzles and mysteries. Scarlet Envelope features escape room-style experiences that you may receive every month in the mail. Each episode features a different story but all their experiences are tied together in a bigger narrative that you are trying to unravel. I think I could get down with Christmas all year. Well, head on over to scarletenvelope.ca to start your adventures today. Well, welcome back to Puzzling Company. We are now in the section that is called Puzzles to the People. In this section, this is kind of a, a blast of a section, to say the least. Jared, I think, loves the enjoyment of tricking me into thinking what each second section is about. But in this section, we generally talk about things about the game. Um, it, sometimes it is a topic itself. So we kind of discuss something that kind of goes along. If that's narrative or story or puzzle time, you know, ramping of clues, all those types of things, just so we have a fun conversation between me and Jared. Generally, Jared asks the questions to me, and it's kind of a back and forth, just kind of discussing things in our opinion. And then generally what we've done in the past as well is if we have reviews for the game, we'll sometimes discuss them and see if I agree or disagree with them. Jared. I am intrigued to know what you have planned for me today. Well, we're going to be talking about uh, something that we haven't talked a whole lot about, of, which, you know, it's true to what we generally talk about in here. But I want to talk to us about characters in game. Specifically, I'm going to make a outlandish claim to you that I think is true. In my opinion, in terms of the narratives of the game that we play, the most underdeveloped part of most of the narratives is the characters in the game. True or false? I believe I agree. And I think this is a fun topic because it is a, it almost 
involves more around the other elements of the game playing into that. What I mean by that is I think time is one of the most difficult things to deal with when you're doing character development, because imagine giving someone a game and be like, okay, in 60 minutes, I need you to like this character or see it change or develop or feel like you have any connection to it. And I think that's very difficult because you're, especially in games like this too, narrative matters a lot, but some people just want to do the puzzling. I won't say they don't care, but it's kind of a lesser thing in the game, right? So they're kind of just more like, I want to do the cool puzzles. I really don't care about narrative, you know? And then there's people who really care about narrative and puzzling is kind of the fun second aspect. And it's just difficult because there's not many, you know, you can make arguments that like in movies and stuff, you can kind of give a character a decent bit within an hour, you know, but within a at home puzzle game, the kind of the tools you get to tell your story can be more difficult, you know, and and it's also like trying to give a good mix or kind of a good weave and flow of narrative as well as puzzling. So you don't feel like you're just reading a book and then puzzling is like a minor thing in the game. But how do you make both work so well? And I, I think it's really difficult. So to your main point, I agree. I think character development in games or characters really themselves are unfortunately underwhelming because you just don't, a lot of the games can't focus on it enough or it feels like they don't, you know, and I think that's a choice they make purposely or sometimes maybe they don't. But I, I think it, it would be a really difficult task if I was a creator. How do I make a character relatable, but also memorable after an hour? Because if you really think about it, there's not many characters that we've played. I think there's a few I could probably name, but there's a lot that I can't. You know, and I, it's just hard to make that impression. Yeah, I agree. When I was thinking back through all the games that we've played, there's only a handful of characters that I remember as well and generally they're in some of the games that i think we've uh, enjoyed the most or have just been some of the most unique games yeah but i'm curious to hear you say in some of those games where the characters really have shined what has made that true what has made those characters so memorable in such a short time frame because it looks like and i think today's game is a great example it's doable. Mm -hmm. It is very possible to elevate these fictional characters to a point of remembrance. But what does it take? What are these games that do have great characters doing that some of the other games that we are not doing? What are they doing well? Sure. No, that's a great question. I think the big part is personalities. I think some games don't focus on it. They basically introduce characters to kind of explain narrative, but they're kind of just generic character right? It's like, okay, we have Jimmy and we have FBI agent and we have commissioner. We have spy, you know, we have murderer. They kind of just have a very generic character trait and you go, okay, this is all you really need to know about them. Nothing really else is going to change except that you're going to solve narratives and puzzles to kind of complete the story. The character doesn't really change much more than that. You know what their goal is. And then that's it. I think the reason we have enjoyed some characters more than others is pure character development as well as how they present personality as well as backstory. 
you know, some of our favorite games, you know, I think Runes of Odin is a perfect example of this, was a character that we didn't know much about, but through letters through the game, learned a ton about and genuinely learned a very important backstory to the character. You know, and, and in that game, the narrative is kind of partially background. And I'm not saying that like in a pure, like that, that's not a narrative game. It is pretty narrative based, but it, it feels like the puzzling was almost as equal or more points, but the narrative was impactful. Like you knew from reading the letters, how much it meant the adventure you're on and why you're doing it. You know, if we talk about society of curiosities, we talk about how some of the people who help us on our expeditions how they get character development. You know, we have a joke about who are the person we take to a bar fight with us. And that's funny because we, that game was what, like an hour long for us. But we, I think some of the fun parts is that you gave us good characters that had fun conversations. And then you let us have the imagination of going, how would I think they would deal with certain scenarios and then let us build with it. And I think that's almost a fun element too of games is letting your audience almost have a free range of, innovation or immersion imagination i don't know i'm gonna say imagination is the better word but just giving people that good catalyst of an idea and go okay now you can play with it and make who you want and it's been a blast and you know it kind of played in other games like witchery spell had some elements of it with like you know i don't think the characters were as much but they were still impactful and what you were trying to do was important you know when we played root of all evil same thing that there's very clearly characters in their diary and why everything's going on that you feel like it's very important and you learn a lot about the characters within the time period. I, I think that's the biggest thing is just making characters that you can relate to, but also finding a way to present even basic information quickly and almost naturally into a, a narrative that you like the character. I, I think one of the other elements is you could talk about is, you know, in adjacent spaces is video games. How do some shorter video games make you like a character? Introduce a basic element and then make you want to work with them. So like, I think the perfect example I'm going to give, and no one will get this reference, I, I think, uh, but in the newest current Call of Duty, uh, Black Ops Cold War, there is a zombies element. And most of the, in their games, they have like a zombie storyline. Um, in this current map, uh, Mauer de Toten, or Mount der Toten, uh, there is a robot that you can make named Klaus. Uh, Klaus is, uh, I think he's French. I, it's literally it's just French robot who just has funny voice lines and kind of helps you throughout the map and you help like build them up and stuff, you know, but at the end, um, I'm going to spoil the end of this map. Sorry for anyone who plays Call of Duty Zombies currently that's listening to our podcast, uh, but he has to make a sacrifice at the end and they make it very clear, like within that hour of just playing the game, they made you go from this character's funny to, oh no what's about to happen. And then you, you fall in love with the character and it, it's through just funny voice lines and like actions that they do. It's crazy how some people can create characters so well within a short time period. And I, I almost want to like applaud them because I think that's probably one of the most difficult things to do. I think it comes down to a couple of different things because in what you just said, you brought up a wide variety of games on one hand, I heard you talking about games like Runes of Odin, Root of All Evil, even The Messenger. And I think those games function different and should be talked about narratively in a different category because sure. those games take place over hours. 
And in all of those games, we had documents or diaries or journals to really help us build these characters up. And that's what's really most enjoyable about those games, right? Is Mm -hmm. you have this long narrative that you're inviting yourself into, and it almost feels more like a book sometimes with puzzle elements added to really amplify. So those, in my mind, are kind of in their own category. And do they do character development well? Yes, but they give themselves the time. What's more interesting to me is these shorter games, right? Let's call them like games that take place in like two hours of less and the character development that happens in those and some of the better games. One aspect that I feel like can sometimes be used as a crutch is this mindset to say that we are the main characters, right? Like whoever your customer is, we want to feature them as the main character. We want them to feel like the main character. And I think that's good, right? Because we're a part of the story. You're making us a part of the adventure and the story. But sometimes I feel like that's leaned a little too heavily on as an excuse to not develop out some of these other characters that you're interacting with. Mm -hmm. That's one aspect that I want your opinion on. uh, But I want to talk about a couple of other things first. The other thing that I think you were hinting at in there and looking for the right word is some of the best characters that we've gotten to deal with are interactable characters. They come alive, right? Like in in today's, Charlie was alive. He he felt real to us because we were having a back and forth with him. I've already brought up Society of Curiosities. Those characters, in my opinion, are alive. They are happening. They are real. We do not know what they are going to say next. And that is so enthralling to the story and to the narrative. And I love that. That is true immersion, in my opinion, in an at-home game. And that doesn't come at the factor or come at the cost of us not being a central character as well, right? So I think that is the road that we're trying to move down in character development. But I will say some other games have done it really well, too. I want to talk about Cryptogram Puzzle Post purely because I'm able to see that character and her world visually on a regular basis makes that character feel more alive to me, right? Interactivity Mm -hmm. is not the only way to build immersion. It's a choice. But in Cryptogram Puzzle Post, the main character that we're following, she feels very real to me. I see her and I interact with her on a monthly basis and we are constantly following her story. And that makes it feel so, 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 so real. What are some of the other elements that you feel, Zach, make a character real? What do you think about us being main characters, interactivity, your thoughts on that? So the whole us being main characters, I think is completely true. In terms of, I feel like games really try to rely too much on it in terms of, okay, well, I really want you to feel like you're in the game. So I'm going to like focus it all on you. The hard part is, I, I wouldn't say the hard part, but the thing that I always find interesting is, you know, I'm a cool character. Don't get me wrong. Like humble brag Zach here. We do great. Um, but what I find interesting is I don't really care about myself in the game. Right. I think it's really cool when they can make elements, make you feel like I am there. Right. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not there to learn more about. My, I mean, you learn some things about yourself naturally, but the game's not going to teach me more about myself other than maybe narrative bits that f- like, kind of hit to me right you know or kind of aimed at my thought process whatever 
But what I find more intriguing is how you make characters play around with me, right? How, you know, it's almost, it almost feels more important that you feed up the other characters because I'd rather it feel like you said more real interactive moments where there's like conversations or thought processes that are brought up or memories where it's clear, like, yeah, like that person is more realistic. I know what they want. They have goals, ambitions, they have family. They, they, they look like this. You, like you said, I think you hit it perfectly on a lot of points that some games do it differently, but there are many good ways to make characters feel alive. And it makes it so much more enjoyable when I go, I, I know what that person's like or what they want, you know, because I think the biggest part with any character is making you want to feel like you understand them. You know, that we talked about this a lot with narrative in terms of other games on the show or their adjacent spaces of like movies, board games, um, escape rooms, video games, movie, you know, all that jazz is how do you make some of the best characters or things that you can relate to? You understand why they're doing the things they want to do. There's not a question of, okay, this person's literally just doing it because they're told to do it. You know, I, I clearly know why the, you know, to a degree, I don't know why the clock winder is doing all these murders, but through the text, I simply know what his goal is as well as I know his style. You know, I, I know what he wants to do with us as his opponent. You know, he, he's the Moriarty, we're the Sherlock. How does that work? That's a fun interaction. You know, like you said, when we talked about society or even Space Corps is how the communication aspects of the game really play into. You know, I know Charlie is just a general person on the ship who's just trying their best, you know, and I can clearly tell they don't know what they're really doing. But, you know, you, they clearly tell that they're stuck and feel alone and want to get home. And you really want to play into that and help help them get home. All the games do it well. I I don't know if I have much more to say on the terms of what else I think could really add to those elements. I just would say I I completely agree with the ones that you brought up. I'll wrap us up in this section and just say I, I really think it is an area of, of development that we as a community just need to work on. I think we're missing out on the opportunity to introduce people to some really great characters. And I think some of the best games in our field have the best characters. I'll throw one more shout out or illusion out there, if you will. There is a game, an escape game in Houston, Texas. It's called Strange Bird Immersive. If you are in the escape room at all, you know how highly amongst enthusiasts this game is talked about. I believe on the most recent Terpeka, which is the voting system and organization that ranks the top escape games in the world amongst enthusiasts, this is the number one game in the United States. Uh, it's always, I believe, in the top five, top 10 of most people's rankings. And I had the chance to play it not that long ago. And a pillar of that game and one of the reasons it is one of the best games in the world, and I honestly believe that, is the character development. It has great puzzles, it has a great set, but the character interaction and the character development of that game in games that I've played is unparalleled. And I think a lot of other people would agree with that. And looking around, I think Escape Rooms has a similar problem. It's the characters. We're not always telling the best stories or the best characters. 
And there's a reason movies have been around for so long, right, Zach? Mm -hmm. There's a reason we love books and movies, and it's the characters and how they're interwoven into the story that matters to us. So I'm not saying they're not present. I'm not trying to dog on a lot of the games that we play, but it's just a, a charge to say, I think we need to make better characters. And then that will make our stories better. That will give us room to put better puzzles. And we will all together have a better experience to offer to our customers. But today's game, I'm, I'm going to shout them out. I, it's one of the better character developments. It's in turn one of the better narratives that I will think stick with us. And I just want to shout out Trapology for doing such a great job on making a fun, inviting character for us to get to interact with. Completely agree. Well, that's going to wrap us up for Puzzles of the People. Stay here for questions for creators. There are some awesome people who make the puzzles we love to solve. This is Questions for Creators. Zach, listen, man, we, we need to have a talk. Okay. What about? Well, I got your postcard in the mail, and I'm worried, man. Nothing made sense on it, and there was even things in there that implicated you in some kind of larger conspiracy organization. Yeah, I really don't see what the problem with that is. Wait, wait, wait no, this, this isn't how our ads work. You usually, this is the part where you say, oh, it's a game and crazy, Jared, and we do that whole little shtick. But you're not saying that this time, so is this true? Well, if you're curious to find out what is true, you should head over to theenigmaemporium.com and check out the Wish You Were Here series. Oh, so it is a game, right? Zach? Zach? Come on, man, what's true? Well, welcome back, guys, to Puzzling Company. We are now in the section that is called Questions for Creators. This is a section where we talk to the amazing people who create the games, or sometimes we talk to people who don't create the game specifically, but help in any process of it. If that's marketing, if that's distribution, we've, we've gotten to talk to some really cool people who've helped with many different parts of the game, getting it from the development stage all the way to your door. So this episode, we're going to be talking to the people at Trapology about their amazing game that is Space Corp. I don't want to spoil too much about the conversation or what they said. I'll let them introduce themselves and we'll get started here in just a second. So tell us your names and a little bit about yourselves and the game. My name is Jason. Uh, I'm one of the founders at Trapology Boston, and we are an escape room company based in Boston, Massachusetts. We started uh, back in 2015. Uh, we were one of the first companies in the U.S. to open and, and start doing escape rooms. And it was sort of a happy accident. We got dragged kicking and screaming to play an escape room somewhere else. And it was a concept that I'd never heard of before. I thought it was the dumbest thing I ever heard in my life. And we played the game. We failed miserably, but had an awesome, awesome time. Walked out of that place looking for more and found out there really wasn't any more. So uh, from that moment on, we decided that's it. We're going to work at this. Is what we're going to do. We're going to jump in. Uh, both feet and start building more of this stuff. And it's it's rare. Well, I'm finding it's rare that people get to do what they love. And I'm I'm proud to say that me and, and our and our team here uh, are a small and mighty group of people that get, get to do what we love every day. My name is Mike. Um, I am the quote unquote creative alchemist at Trapology Boston, which basically means I do or head up a lot of the design work around here. Uh, obviously, we we work as a huge team together, but 
it's kind of my job to put it all together and consolidate everything and, you know, channel it into whatever it is that we're making. But yeah, I started here uh, a couple of years ago and just as a part-time game master and really loved it. And then eventually left and did some other stuff uh, and then came back about a year and a half ago. Um, Jason again, foolishly hired me back on uh, as a full-time employee. And I have been here ever since just making escape games and now uh, Space Corp and whatever other nonsense we have on the pipeline. As a as a company, we've always been looking to branch out and do a little bit more with regards to entertainment. And of course, with escape rooms, it's one of those things where you really have to be on site to enjoy them and experience them. So I think we always had it in the back of our head that you know we wanted to do something that, that customers could take home and experience at home outside of coming here to to play and puzzle. So. The idea of doing something at home wasn't really new, but I think what really changed was the pandemic and it became one of those things. It really forced us to to start reaching out for those projects that we kept putting on the back burner. Uh, enter Mike, and uh, he had some crazy ideas. So I'll let him talk to that a little bit more. It started off as so many different ideas because, you know, like Jason said, we're always looking to try and do something new. And you know, we talked about doing some at-home stuff before, but... It was always on the back burner. And then, of course, everything shut down. And all of a sudden, we had a, a, a strange opportunity to just be like, I guess what to do with now. But yeah, it started off with so many ideas. We're trying to figure out exactly what it is uh, we want to do with it. Is it just some straight puzzles we're just emailing to you? Is it just going to be paper things? Like, how much story do you want to do? Because you know, in-person escape rooms is obviously you're in there and the entire story is enveloping you and you are part of that universe for an hour. And we're just like, all right, like how much of that are we going to try and mirror here? Are we going to try and like make you fully part of this from the get-go? Are we going to try and take a step back and have you do a little bit of like D&D, like picture, if you will? Um, and yeah, like we just kind of iterated on it of what we want to do and came up with a few versions. And we're just like, all right, that doesn't, eh, like doesn't feel totally right. Like maybe we want to try something else or we put something together and then all of us get together and go, oh, that's cool but what if we did something else <laughs> or what if we did the next big step into it and it eventually just snowballed into what is space corp now without spoiling anything tell us a little bit about the tech in your games and why you thought it was so important to use yeah that honestly like uh, towards the end when we started fully utilizing it became like a really cool story and narrative device and how do we put puzzles and things into there but at the beginning, it was definitely a thing out of necessity um, because one of the things that we wanted to try and push ourselves to with this was to make it feel as natural as possible and not have to do any sort of don't open this until this happens, which played plenty of games of varying degrees where that's part of it. And it personally never really bothers me, but it was just something we wanted to push for because again, like the indoor escape games, the normal stuff, you're you are kind of naturally gate kept with that. Um, and we're trying to find some ways where that felt natural because when you do get this box, there's a lot of different things you can pull it at once. And there's a lot of different things that you can do. And it's like, all right, well, how do we kind of find a natural way to keep people on this story path? And also for newer players, give them a way to, uh, you know, lead them through it a little bit more. So they're not getting all this stuff and getting lost immediately. Um, so it started off is because we use in the game, we have uh, Charlie, uh, a little bit of a spoiler there, but you you meet a man named Charlie and he kind of becomes your little, um, kind of becomes your 
your little friend on your shoulder throughout the game, kind of going back and forth and giving you some directions. And a lot of that was a way for us to, again, like segment the game into different pieces. Uh, so you did kind of have this story cohesion to it. And again, also it kind of works dual um, because now you have this nice tool for first time escape room players, first time escape room at home players um, to give them a little bit more of guidance throughout the game. And then once we got that settled in, it was like, all right, we have this whole online portion now. Like we can put different sort of documents in there to fill out the story. Uh, we can put different things in there to kind of signpost and point people towards where we would like them to go next. We have different things. Um, we can put puzzles in there. And one of the things, actually, it was fun designing this. And then I had gone back um, and I was listening. I think it was the, um, I'm forgetting the interview. It was an interview with uh, Neil Patrick Harris with uh, with Box One, which is a game that I had played probably like a month into designing this thing. And I, there's definitely some DNA in there of that of him talking about their online portion and how he goes into things like it's it's really it's a nice tool because it looks really cool but also we now have the ability to change things on the fly because you can't change physical components once they're made once they're made and cut and printed and shipped there they exist in the real world but as of course you know we beta test this and everything but even when it's in the real world we see something pop we just go oh, maybe like we can tweak that a little bit like or we just have a stupid idea. We're just like, that would, that'd be funny to put in there. We should we should update the website. So yeah, it, it started off as a very utilitarian, like we need this just to make the game function. And then once we had that, we're just like, all right, let's just fill this with some fun stuff. I think it was also a method for us to make sure we're still sort of pushing the envelope a little bit. You know, there are a lot of games out there that are very much paper-based. Uh, without a digital component to it and you know some of those games are, are a lot of fun but personally i think i've got a bit more of the uh the add where I, I, I like a little bit more interaction and uh and i think that online component helps fulfill a lot of that as well the game does a really good job of world building how'd you go about accomplishing that before mike came on board i will say yes you know we did we did have stories in our escape rooms i think for us the story was always a very important part of of escape rooms and sort of the whole puzzle experience because i felt like as a player you want to be involved you want to get dragged into the story and that's what made you as a player invested in sort of completing the missions completing the puzzles completing the game um so we always i mean when we do our game design we always start with a story first what what gets us fired up what gets us jazzed what what gets us excited about about that new project and we start crafting a story and then we start throwing the puzzles into it and kind of figure out where we can do all that appropriately when space work space core came about this is where mike starts to go a little bit crazy um i think for the most part my my whole two cents on it was i love space space is awesome let's do something with space and Mike started crafting this ridiculous world. I'm going to be honest with you, there are still times today when I open the box and when I like look at components of it, and I'm still finding Easter eggs that Mike had laid in there. And I, I'll be honest, it's, it's, it's got to be a terrifying space to live in Mike's brain, but I'll, I'll let him talk to a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. <laughs> no, it's pretty great. Yeah, I feel like I can't take credit for like a lot of the story stuff. Um, because honestly, most of the time I'll come up with something and it's either too, I get too in the weeds with something or, you know, just 
put together something. But I feel like where like we start to thrive as a team is like, especially like my writing style is I'm really good when I throw something at Jason and the rest of the team. Um, and they come back and they're just like, oh yeah, like that'd be funny. Like if we did this, I'm like, yeah, that's a great idea. Let me take that and then just like spider web it out into a thousand things. So I think I'm good. Yeah. It, I think so. Taking those suggestions and just letting them run wild. Um, and yeah, so like the story for this is I'm like, I'm a huge theme park person. So one of the things that I love about them is like you, you have the story of a ride or like the story of a land, but then you also have all that secondary and tertiary stuff that you start to kind of connect. Like you see uh, like a, a crashed UFO on one side of the park and you're just like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Weird looking spaceship. And then 20 minutes later, you're looking at something else and it gives you a little bit more of the story. And you're just like, Oh, like that's that commander's spaceship. And you're starting to put those things together and like, they're not necessarily integral to your experience, but like they they build on it in kind of a, a really meaningful way, all those small pieces. So yeah, it's uh it's usually myself and then our, our other coworkers, uh Tina and Nicole sitting around and just throwing ideas back and forth, usually just sprawled out on a couch or on the floor, just going like, wouldn't it be funny if uh we just mentioned uh, cinnamon rolls a lot in this? It's like okay, like what else can we do with those sort of things? <laughs> I, I so, think yeah, at the end of the day, though, you know, it's one of those things where we realized quickly that story mattered a lot more for an at-home experience than it would for an on-site experience. You know, we do specialize and work in quote-unquote immersive entertainment. And when trying to give somebody that same experience at home, like, they're not at our facility, they're not in our rooms for their imagination to sort of fill in those gaps where they look at props or they look at the setting of the space or they, they feel emotional or they, you know, they, they have sort of a, an emotional reaction to, to being physically in that environment. And that's where the story and their narrative really comes into play to fill in those gaps that we would otherwise be filling in with a physical space. So I think right from the echo, once we started crafting this out, I think Mike was one that really pushed it home that you wanted this to be very much a narrative driven piece. And, uh, and I'm glad that we all listened to him on that. That's on the record now. Uh, <laughs> I, I think to piggyback off that too, though, just to Jason's point is when people are at an escape game, like we have an amount of control over that and like what they're seeing and how quickly they're moving through the experience and making sure that they're hitting all the points we want them to hit when we send you home with a, with a box of components, you're, you're on your own and we don't really have control over that. So we didn't want to make this a punishing game. Um, we want to make it something that you would be able to spend an hour or two just going through and enjoying your time. And it was less so about making these puzzles that were painstakingly hard that you'd have to take a break from it for an hour and come back to later and just making them part of this whole interactive story and feeling like whatever you're solving there and whatever you're doing is actually making a difference in this world. They're pushing the story forward. Talk to us about your character development and how you accomplish that in this game. Yeah. I mean, like, I think that we as a team have like a very kind of, I don't want to say specific writing style, but I think that when we're writing different games, we tend to start off with this mindset of we're going to make this very serious and we have to hit these points. And then inevitably an hour into it, 
we're just going off the rails of just like, all right, what are some like silly character traits of this person? Like what kind of caricature are they and what's their thing? So like one of them that I love that was honestly a, a late add to this whole thing um, is, I don't, I'm not going to spoil too much of this, is this character named Jared, who is not really important to anything whatsoever, but he's kind of just this omnipotent presence throughout and he's kind of sarcastic and he's kind of whimsical and his whole thing is, you know, he's, he's there, he's aware that you're there and he's just going to give you a hard time for it. So when we start out with this thing that was, and it, the entire game is, doesn't take itself too seriously, but the, the main story is you have to save these people. Um, kind of, it was, it was nice to have this character that was just this, sort of comic relief throughout it for a lack of a better term um and then kind of the uh the same thing with a few of the other characters throughout there it's like we really just want to i think we do just when we start writing them it's we're not kind of you kind of have an idea of what you want them to be and then it's it it sounds so cliched but once you kind of unlock what feels right about that character like they just start to write themselves um, and you're just like, all right, it's not what would Charlie say? It's not like, what would I make Charlie say? It's all right, what is Charlie's, what is the next rational thing that Charlie would say? What's the next rational thing this very irrational man would say? So I think it's a lot of just sitting there and just creating a lot of different drafts of it until something feels right. And then it clicks and you go, this is who this person is. And then it just, it flows natural. There are times where I feel like Mike has multiple personalities, depending 100%. on what hour the what hour of the day it is and whether or not he's used the bathroom yet or if he's had enough coffee. And I think there are times of the day when he was Jared and when he is Charlie and it's, it's always interesting coming to work and seeing who I'm going to meet today. I always love just going like, Hey Jason, I know I said I was done with this part like a week ago and I know we're supposed to get this done, but um, I kind of maybe, you know, this one side character that I mentioned once at the beginning of the game, He's like a whole thing now. And if you could just take a look at that, um, that would be really great and just approve it all. So you can tell us a little bit as much as you want or not, uh, but tell us the future games you have or projects you have in store for us. Will the characters in this game live on? Yes, absolutely. Make more boxes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I will say, I will say when we started doing this, we weren't really sure where it was going to sort of lead and end up, um, we made Space Core, and we deliberately left the ending cracked open just wide enough for a chapter two of it, if if that could come down the pipeline. Um, you know, we we do encourage feedback from all of our customers and players. So, you know, when people get through the game, we obviously want to know what they thought of it. And the overwhelming response from people is, yes, they, they would love some more of this type of at-home experience so we are definitely working on more we will definitely be making more uh i can't say if it's going to be space core part two or we're going to go with a whole new storyline but yes definitely there will be more of this and this is a question we ask everyone what else are you guys currently playing it could be a board game it could be really anything it could be board games it could be video games really any entertainment, kind of anything that you think would be something that kind of ourselves or other people would love to play. I haven't been playing any, any, uh, any escape room games at the moment, actually, regrettably, 
but I have been playing. I've got a uh, I've got a weekly game of Betrayal Legacy with some friends, and I love that game to death. If you've ever played Betrayal at House on the Hill, and if anyone listening to this has played that game, they have a legacy version, which essentially just means that everything that it's a campaign based, so everything you do in one playthrough of that game now carries over into the next. So if you kill a player in one square of it, now their ghost is haunting that space and you get to name different parts of it and you can either make it really serious or really silly and it it's absolute nonsense murder fun with friends. Murder with friends. That's what I recommend in a fictionalized sense. For me, um, I, I play less games that are more narrative-based <laughs> and games that I'll play alone. I, I'm more of a competitive gamer. I will play sort of the Settlers of Catan series of friends. I do like the whole arguing and negotiating concept of uh, trying to just destroy your opponents. Um, and uh, I got a regular game of Mahjong with some other friends of mine. <laughs> Pennies for the points. Uh, but yeah, no, less, less on the narrative stuff for me. Uh, more of the sort of social competitive type things. That I normally play. I know that this interview is just Jason and I here, but honestly, it's Jason, myself, Tina, and Nicole. Like everyone is incredible. I most of my days it's Tina and myself for 40, 50 hours a week, just in an echo chamber of chaos. And like it's that combination of the four of us is what puts this stuff together. So I know Jason and I are on here taking a lot of credit, but it is 100% the entire team all the way through. Yeah, I will say that, you know, we're uh, we're an, an entertainment company. You know, we, you know, we specialize in immersive entertainment and, you know, this is the stuff that we love doing. You know, we love creating immersive story-based games and entertainment um, avenues for for people. So, yeah, no, you know, we, we'd love for people to try it. We'd love to get some feedback to know how, how we can make this better. And we'd love to to do a lot more of this kind of thing. So yeah, come check us out in person or, or try the game at home and uh, let us know what you think. Mike, Jason, thank you guys for coming on the show. It was truly a blast to listen to you guys kind of talk about space court, but also the other things you guys have in store for the future. If you like what you heard about on this episode about space Corp and want to check it out, you can go check it out at trapologyboston.com. I'll say it again. It is trapologyboston.com. Go on there, take a look at all their uh, in-person games, see what if you're in the Boston area, maybe go check them out, as well as you can check out Space Corp, and maybe hopefully you guys will have a fun experience like we did with it. Jared, I'm glad you were able to come and join us today. It was fun having a at-distance Jared. It made the episode definitely funnier to record, I would say the least. I'm not a fan. I want to be back, and <laughs> I want to be back sitting next to you having uh, more of a authentic conversation but in the times that we are living in and the precautions that we're all trying to take i'm happy that we are able to do things this way true i think it's fun too because i think it shows uh i know people know that we are normal humans we are not robots uh but give us a little bit of an element of uh you know we're we just have to work around the things that we have to deal with too so and also, we need to honor publicly the fact that it's your birthday today at the time of this recording. That is true. We are recording on my birthday. Zach is 25 today. If you're listening to this, just hit him up. Even this, this, won't, this episode won't come out until far after his birthday. That's true. So you should still tell him happy birthday belatedly because... 
most of you don't know that it's his birthday already. So shoot him a message, a DM. Uh, we He would love to hear that. He's a great dude. I'm super excited that I get to do this podcast with him on a regular basis. That's very nice of you. So Jared, it, it honestly was a blast. So what are we talking about next week? Next week, we've got another game that I feel like is just not being talked about enough. Uh, it is the beginning of the new month, so it's a new game spotlight. We are talking about a company called Gumshoe Box. That's right. We're very excited to kind of play them. I think the game that we played was called Paperback Plagiarism. I think it's something like that. Or Plagiarism Paperback. It, it's one of the opposite. Uh, but it, it's their game. Um, we had a we had a good time playing it. We are excited to talk about it next week. Um, but we're going to kind of talk about things you can do to help us. So if you guys enjoy what we talk about, you know, make sure you follow us. Put us on a regular download. If you like what we do, give us a five-star review. That was a nice rhyme. But yeah, we would really appreciate it. We've we've been loving and appreciating all the support we get lately. It's a blast to get messages saying that you guys have been enjoying the episodes. Um, yeah, we we make it for you guys because you know we we enjoy it a lot. But we're glad that we found people who really want to hear more about the great games that we play. Uh, but yeah, put us on regular down. You can check our website, which is puzzlingcompany.com. You can go to our social medias, which is at Puzzling Company on Facebook, as well as on Instagram. You can do all those great things for us. And then we should see you guys next week. This has been an episode of Puzzling Company for Jared and Zach. We'll see you guys later. See ya. Thanks for listening. Find us on social media at Puzzling Company and online at puzzlingcompany.com. Check back weekly for new episodes. Until next time, keep puzzling. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.